Running Sentences presents The Hapless Nomadic Cook, Episode 2, To Try or Not Try. A forager has found a new type of food, but cautious ever since the discovery of flavored rocks, Greba finds himself hesitant to explore it any further. This is a work of fiction. Any and all names, characters, places, and events are of the author's imagination. They are created specifically from the author's imagination and are made to be silly, ridiculous, and not serious. It should also be noted that this story series is not meant to be taken seriously and it should not be used as a guide for what has happened in the past. This is entirely fictitious story. Copyright 2021, Michael Honoré. All rights reserved. Greba emerged from his little hovel into the morning sun. The little tent city he'd been used to was turning into something a bit more substantial, with wood and dirt hovels turning into huts. They were only a slight bit better than tents, in that they covered much more during bad weather, but also cool and comfortable on the hot parts of days. He looked about for Vaco, who was usually hanging about every morning waiting for him so that they could both go to the cook hut. But he wasn't around this time. It worried Greba that something was up. Something was always up with Vaco, but this time he just felt worse. But it had also been a while since Vaca had gone off exploring, so it could be that as well. He decided to wait to see if the leader was finally done with him, controlling the rock. And there was little else he could do as he headed for the little hut to start cooking for the day. As he approached, however, he noticed that it seemed to be up and fully running already, with at least three people inside. This was unusual. Vaca always waited for him, and unless somebody else had been assigned to cook, then something was going on. He hurried his way over to see what was going on. Inside, he found Vaco, who was busy inside, directing two others on how to do things. Mainly, put pieces of food on a stick, and then go over to the blazing fire to watch it, until it had a nice brown on it all around. Grubbo went up to Vaca. Um, Vaca, what's going on? Oh, Grubbo, good news! We have gotten two more people to help us out. Well, the chief assigned them to us. And he isn't removing me from this job? I mean, you know, four people seems like a lot for a little hut. No, why would he do that? Because I stole away the rocks from him. Well, I didn't steal, but forced them away from him so he didn't spend days drinking water and eating the rocks. Oh, that. Nope, no mention of that. By the way, I heard that a forager found something, and it might be of interest to us. Oh, dear. What is it? No idea. She only said that she had it and was keeping it away from others. Said something about wanting to try it first. Grubba looked back at the little huts of houses and then over at Vaca. Perhaps we should go visit her then, see what this is all about? Unless you're busy here. But Vaca shrugged and led the way out of the cooking hut. The walk from the cook hut to the hovel of a hut was a short one. Vaca had led him straight to the place, but there didn't appear to be anybody around or inside. Vaca, with his usual braveness, though, charged right in through the entrance hole, and not wanting to stand around outside, Grubba followed him in. The dark interior of the home of this tribal member was making it hard to see. The only light in and out 
came from a small hole in the back and the hole that they'd just come through. Grubba blinked many times, trying to get his eyes to adjust so he could make out the figure of a woman sitting very still and staring at the wall very carefully. Hello? Um... The woman didn't respond and continued to stare at the earthen wall. Grubba looked over at Vaka, who was now beside her. We've come to talk to you about the thing you found. Vaka even grabbed her and tried to shake her, but this only tipped her over. The woman eventually rolled onto her back, fists clenched tightly as she balled herself up. Grubba ducked his way over to her, avoiding the low ceiling of this hut as he tried to avoid the roof. What's with her? I don't know. Come on, perhaps getting her out of her hut would be good for her. They grabbed her feet, one on each side, although she did her best to keep her balled up shape as they grabbed her legs and dragged her out. The second they got her outside and then let go, she screeched. Then, in a flurry of movement, scurried back into the hut. A few more attempts to get her out resulted in much the same thing happening with her crawling back inside each time. It took a while for them to get her far enough away from the hut and headed towards some fresh water. Having carried the woman towards the ocean, Vaka and Grubba found themselves staring at the water. They were wondering if they should toss the lady in to get her to be somewhat normal. She, however, had managed to break free of their grip and was already sprinting off before they had actually noticed anything. What? Why did you let go, Vaka? Not my fault. My grip slipped. And why did you let her go? I didn't, ish. Grubba sighed and hurried after the woman. All for an item he wasn't sure would be any good. He finally caught up to her not far away, where a small stream of water sent its bubbling water into the bigger body of water. It was here he found her with her head stuck in the water of the little stream that was bubbling up. He went over to her to pull her out, but she came up just before he grabbed her, breathing heavily. Whoa, that was... Are you okay? What? She looked around as if for the first time and saw that Grubble was looking at her. What? Why are you here? What are you doing in my house? Look around a bit more. She did so, and as a result, she jumped up, confused, looking about even more. Vaka had strolled over within shouting distance of them. Grandpa, I need to attend to go. I need to go see that the cooks that we got don't go destroying everything. I leave this to you. By the time he had turned to see Vaka, the man was already moving away. So he turned back to the woman who was staring at him. Oh, you're the cook. Yes, I am. Who are you and what did you do with that food item you told Vaka about? Oh, I'm Bounce. And what item? I don't know what item. Vaka said that you said you have something to eat, but you didn't want to bring it to us for whatever reason. Oh, 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 um, yeah. Can you forget about any of that? Well, I guess I can if, if you give me a good reason. I don't need another rock situation on my hands. Oh, but those rocks are so good. What's your reason? I tried some, and it wasn't good. Terrible, probably, if you can remember any of it. Uh, remember? It's... well, let me show you. She stomped her way away from the stream, cutting through the woods in the nearby section that would lead to the little village. They hurried their way back to town, and were soon at Bounce's hut, with her going in first. 
Grubba followed unsure of what was going on, and fearful that he was going to get looks from other villagers who disapproved of such things. Sure, Bounce was a young woman, but that didn't mean he was into her. He stopped at the door only to have his arm grabbed by her inside and be pulled inside himself. Back in the dark, dank hut, Grubba found himself blinking once again to adjust his eyes and following Bounce around the small space. She scurried from one wall to another in search of something. Then she came up with something after a few minutes of working away at a piece of ground. Holding it up to the dim light, Grubba could just make out the object that looked much like something he already knew of. A bulbous thing that was in her hands, and he'd seen it many times before. They looked like the ones that foragers had been picked often from the ground. This is, uh, what do we call it again? A, a mushroom? It is, but this is different. Okay, well, we have plenty of these. So what's so special about this one that I can barely make out in this light? I tried it. The smallest of bites and then a fair amount of chewing. And all I remember is staring at a wall and then I was with you by the stream of water. This made you look at the wall. Well, yes, and then I snapped out of it by the water. It was all very... Oh, dear. Uh, that sounds bad. But let's take it outside to see it in the light. All while guarding it from others, we won't, we won't let them see it. Bounce nodded, and then bounced your way out of the door hole, carefully holding the mushroom. Grubba found himself all too happy to escape the hut, which seemed so off-putting and troubling in his mind that it was hiding such weird little items. They got away from the hut and headed towards a nearby field, guarding the mushroom and trying not to be noticed. They mostly succeeded in that no one around really seemed to care much about what they were doing. This was a relief to Grubba, who was worrying that people were beginning to think that he was into Bounce. But now out in the open, Bounce handed the thing over to Grubba, who took it to examine it. The mushroom looked like others he'd seen. It was just a bit different, though and smaller. He looked at it carefully, noticing that there were small bite marks on the bottom, and, well, it was tiny all around. Bounce, do you mind if I take this and study it? I won't go around showing it to people, but I want to see what happens myself, and if I can use this, or I should warn people, or if we can just avoid this altogether, and, you know, throw it off to the side. I guess. Good. Let's head back, then, before anyone gets ideas about us. They began the slow trot back towards town, carefully looking out for people and guarding the mushroom once again. No one, once again, seemed to care as the two split up and headed in different areas once they reached the edge of town. Grubba held the mushroom-like thing in his hand, grasped tightly, but not too tightly, as he didn't want any weird things happening to him, simply because he crushed the thing in his hand. As he got back to the cooking hut, which was busy with activity. Grubba did his best to hide this new mushroom, but with nowhere to hide it, wound up looking wildly about the place. The two new cooks were busy with the fire and sticks and stuff that they were putting over it and didn't really notice him or care about him. Vaca was nearby, watching over them and carefully nodding that they were doing the right thing. To this, Grubba did his best to slip by on notice, but Vaca promptly noticed him. Ah, Grubba, did you get it? Get what? The thing that Bounce had. 
Oh, that was nothing. It was, we, ha we have plenty of the things she had. Really? She said it was different from the things we'd seen before. Grubba merely shrugged and headed off towards the vegetables that had been gathered to hide his prize under this group of green thing. He didn't dare put it exactly with the other mushrooms due to the fact that it would likely get thrown into whatever cooking was going on. And he didn't want that happening because who knows what would happen if, if that were to occur. He turned to look over the food supplies that they did have and seemed, seemed rather plentiful. Uh, Vaca, the tribal foragers are still coming back with lots of stuff, right? Oh yes, seems like this is an area with lots of stuff growing. They don't have to travel far to get food. Good, and perhaps we can run some food experiments. I'm gonna take some meat and some rocks to go see what happens. Can I come? You have the two new cooks to look over and keep busy, uh, and keep busy with the fire, so no. He grabbed a few meaty bones and some rock dust and headed towards the exit of the cookhouse. He then stopped, turned around, and grabbed the mushroom from its hiding spot and a few other vegetables after a second of thinking about it, just to be that extra bit careful. Grubba had found a quiet spot out in a field where he could be all by himself and dropped his stuff. This was the spot where he would be all alone and no one would bother him. He set about digging a pit into the ground and got a fire going after a few minutes and letting it burn away its fuel as he tried to figure out how much rock dust to put on the meat. He soon had some of it on the food but didn't put it over the roaring fire. Instead, he waited and waited until the heat had died down. Then, once it had, he began putting meat on sticks and hanging the meat over a fire and sat back waiting some more. In the meantime, he once again looked over at the small mushroom that Bounce had found. It was a small little thing and didn't look very tasty. Perhaps it only affected her, though. There would need to be tests, and he sighed at the thought of getting Vaca potentially involved, but decided against that. There would be too much jumping around, potentially. And Vaca was never one to stay quiet, so... So Grubba picked it up, sniffed it a little bit, and then took a little nibble and hoped for the best as he began to chew. When things came back into focus, the only thing that Grubba could really feel was wetness. It was cold, and whatever it was that was there kept hitting him in the face every few seconds. Plus, there was a distinct taste of savory bitterness to it. When his mind finally lifted from the cloudy haze, he quickly realized that he was sitting in the ocean. The water was at least as high as his shoulders as he sat cross-legged in the water, and the waves kept smacking him in the face. He did his best to untangle his legs and then jumping up, although this task was not easy as water is heavy and his legs were tangled up in themselves. He took his time getting up. He began to look around to see if he could figure out where he was. The problem was, it was a dark night, and none of the usual things in the sky to help him see were there. Drenched and feeling very, very cold, he hurried his way out of the ocean, feeling alone and still out of it. It took him a little way to find his way back to where he'd been cooking the experimental meat and the cursed mushroom, looking for them. 
but he did find the spot with the last few glowing embers in the pit and the meat hanging over the said pit. He ground what stuff he could make out and ran back towards town. Having it made all the way back to his little hovel of a hut, Grubba ducked into the safety of the interior. Inside, he could barely make out the sleeping figure of Grubba off in the corner on the other side. He found himself trying to keep very quiet as he nibbled at the dried cooked meat that he'd been experimenting on. He stopped and tried to stare at the food he was eating. There was, however, no light outside or inside the hut, and he could only make out the vague shapes and all the murkiness. Giving up, he tossed himself onto the nearby hay that would act as his sleeping spot for the night. The dregs of sleep finally decided it was time to go away, and Grubba found himself slowly rising from his sleeping spot, pieces of hay and grass clinging to him as he slowly got up, as well as a chunk of the remainder of the meat. His head was spinning around and around, not allowing him to concentrate on waking up. Adding to his trouble, his mouth was dry, and there appeared to be no nearby buckets of water. Doing his best to get up, he hurried his way towards the bright light coming out of the door. Out in the bright morning sunlight, Grubba blinked, then did it again because what else was there to do when he couldn't really see? When his vision did come back, however, he found himself next to Drubba, who was eating something. This is yummy. That's good, Drubba. What are you eating? Whatever you brought in last night. I tore off a chunk of it and left you the remainder. To this, Grubba blinked, and then looked at the big hulking frame of a man as he tried to figure out what his hutmate had said. Drubba, you ate the food that I brought in? Yes, tastes good. Seems a little dry and weathered, but good. Drubba turned and headed back into the hut. He stopped inside the doorway until his vision once again returned in the dark interior. When it did, he could look about and where he slept. The food he brought in was, in fact, mostly gone except for a little chunk. Then, sudden fear struck him. Had he collected the mushroom? He was out the door in the flash. Outside again, he came straight over to Drubba, who was looking rather distinctly at his hands, sadly. Grubba, of course, rushed over to him and grabbed the man by his bulky arms. Are you okay? Huh? Huh? Yeah, fine. A little sad, maybe, but that's because the deliciousness is gone. Do you have any more of that stuff? Uh, well, yes, there's a little chunk left in the, in the, on the ground inside, but, uh, was there a mushroom among the meat you ate? Drubba shook his head in a thoughtful manner, but one that clearly said no. Grubba felt a rush of elation hit him as the mushroom hadn't been eaten yet. Well, it had, because he clearly had bitten into it and chewed it and didn't remember what else had happened to him, other than this really blank spot in his mind. Uh, well, good. Um, then I shall... You can have whatever is left in the hut if you want, um, Drubba. I'm gonna go see if I can make more stuff that you liked, maybe. Maybe not. We'll go see. And with that... Grubba hurried off down the lane of huts that formed a road leading towards the center of their little town. A few minutes later, he was by the cook hut as he saw that Vaka was already in there with the two cooks proudly overseeing their new work. He tried to sneak by and, and off towards the far-off field, but was noticed. Grubba, what are you up to? Vaka had come bounding out of the hut. Uh, more experiments, but I need to check on things than the, where I left them the other day. He hurried away before further protests could come from the other cook. 
He found the field, or at least he figured he found it. The only problem was foragers were coming through the area looking for anything on the ground that could be taken. He spotted what looked to be like a flattened ground around a rise of green grass and headed towards it. None of the foragers seemed to be paying the slightest bit of attention to him, which he was thankful for. When he got up to the clearing, he came to a halt. There, lying near the former fire, was a woman. She was all over the place, but looked very content, and he noted that the small mushroom-like thing was in her hand. Carefully, he crept over to her and grabbed the object out of her hand, confirming that it was at least similar to the one that Bounce had, and with it secured, he looked about in case there was the one that he'd been given. When he found nothing else, he turned back towards the cook hut, his mind trying to figure out what to do next. This mushroom was clearly dangerous. He made it as far as the edges of the tampered-down grass before he turned back to the woman. With a sigh, he hurried over and helped her get up, though she mostly flopped about when he tried to do this. She seemed not to notice. I'm taking this ill person back to see the village leader. He shouted it but didn't pay attention to see if anyone had heard him as he scurried this woman back to town. Greba did his best to hurry through town on his way towards Bounce's hut. He figured since she had gone through this mess before, she might be able to help. He did his best to keep his head down in case someone else might be around and to give him an odd look and start questioning him with grunts, but he found the little homely town and hunts mostly empty as people were still working away the morning even though it was getting later. With a mighty push, when Grubba arrived at Bounce's hut, he sent her into the interior, all with the hope and prayer that she was home. After sending this woman inside, he poked his head in and looked about the dimly poor-lit space. It was empty, aside from the slightly floppy woman. He desperately looked about again, but no one popped up. He backed out. Upon getting his head out of the hut, that Bounce called home, he turned to look about for anyone that might help him. He spotted Echo coming along the path from the woods into town, since they were on near the edge of town, and he rushed over to him. Echo, have you seen Bounce? Bounce. Yes, the one who likes to walk in the f- likes to walk in a weird fashion. She does whatever it is she does. Oh, she's the one foraging near the far field. Grubba felt his shoulders fall. He had just been there, getting this woman out of the trouble, and Bounce had been there. He turned and hurried back the way he came, hoping that no one would discover the woman lying inside Bounce's hut. He'd managed to make it just beyond the cook hut when he ran directly into Bounce. He'd been running with his head down, trying to hurry and didn't pay attention to where he was going. Now he splayed out over her, trying his best to get up and help collect the goods she'd been foraging. He'd made a mess of both activities as she got up and did most of it herself. What is going on, Grubba? Sorry about all of this. I just, it's just that, it's, I just, it's just that I was hoping that you could help me with the situation. And before you can say no, it does involve the mushroom and that you found. She looked at him gravely as she collected the last of her items. I told you to keep all of this a secret. It's still a secret. The person doesn't know what they ate, as far as I know. I'll explain as we go. He grabbed a few of the items from her arm, and the two made their way to the cook hut to drop off their items. Grubba did his best to explain, but he felt more like he was messing everything up as he tried to explain. Once he managed to get the basics across, though, 
the two went straight to her hut. In short order, when they entered Bronze's hut, which he shared with three other young women, they came in to see that the woman the grub had rushed in here was still face first in the dirt, seemingly oblivious to the world. Bounce gave Grubba a dirty look for leaving a woman like that and hurried to get her to the right side up, then cleared a bit of dust away from the woman's face. Ack, it's Dot. Wait, the lead hunter's little one? Yes. What do we do? Get her better and figure it out fast, unless we want to be hunted. Then the only thing I have that sort of makes any sense is water. We need to get her to water to cure her of this illness. He hurried over to help Bounce get Dot off of the ground and out of the hut. The rising sun was headed towards the afternoon part of the sky by the time Bounce and Grubba had made it to the sandy beach. There, they hurried Dot along until at the water's edge and dropped her. Dot didn't react to the water, and the two of them stood there for a few seconds without reacting to see if something would happen. Eventually, Grubba grabbed her and pulled her face out of the ocean. Dot was still happily breathing and didn't seem to be the least bit affected by this. She'd been in the water for only a couple of seconds, though. And she still seemed to be off somewhere else. He looked at Bounce, who shrugged, and then looked concerned at Dot, who had gotten to her feet, all on her own. The woman then turned to them, still with a stare that seemed elsewhere. Food. I don't have any. Dot seemed to take this news in stride and took off down the beach in search of food. Grubba and Bounce both headed after her, trying to keep up, but Dot seemed to have gained some incredible amount of speed. They approached the cook hut, desperately looking about for any sign of Dot. She, however, was nowhere to be seen. Vaca came out of the hut, looking rather busy carrying stuff here and there, and hadn't bothered to notice them. Grubba made his way closer to the cooking hut to see if there was cooking going on or to see if Dot was around. When he confirmed that she wasn't, as there was nowhere to hide inside this hut, he set off towards the little town, hoping to spot the lady. Bounce was shortly behind him. They traveled down what was starting to become a well-worn path to the other buildings and huts that acted as working or sleeping spots for tribal members. Bounce and Grubba came upon the hunting hut, where all of the pointy sticks and sometimes even pointy rocks were stored. A fleeting sight of someone running out among some shouts and voices near the back drew them around to that side. There, they spotted a fleeing figure, which Bounce immediately took off after. Grubba also moved to give chase, but found himself not moving forward, but rather headed the other direction, as he was being dragged backwards. When he stopped trying to run away, because the hand on his shoulder seemed rather large and was not letting him go that way, and, well, it was a hunter's hand who had been through quite a lot from what glances he took at it, Grubba had learned about hunters from Drubba is that they tended to use their strength to get what they wanted, and since he was pulled into the little storage hut, it seemed best to just follow it. When the grasp finally let go, he carefully turned about to see Dot's father, Big, standing there, looking rather big.
What's going on with my little one? Well, it is a bit a hard to explain. I have many pointy rocks and sticks, if they might help the process of an explanation. Ah, she found some food in a field, tried it, and then sort of dazed out and is now chasing after other food. And I'm trying to figure out what she ate and what I can do for her as I'm a cook, and that's my responsibility, isn't it? How did you let her eat something bad? I, d I don't know. She was foraging. She was doing her own thing. It was not technically my fault. It might not be bad, but it does have some side effects if it's the same thing that I know of. And um, Bounce is also trying to help me figure out what it does. Get her back to normal. Greba nodded and took a step backwards, but Big took a step forward. Uh, I shall go search now. I'm coming with you. Oh. He turned and headed as fast as he could out of the hut towards the woods. Big was, of course, right on his tail, not losing a single step, and was also catching up very, very quickly. They entered the nearby woods, and their pace slowed down as they hit the underbrush of the woods. This was followed by dodging around various trees and big rocks that poked their way out of the ground as they started their search for this young woman. There was no sign of Bounce or Dot, and Grubba pressed deeper, trying to find any signs of anything to give him a direction to go to. The breathed snorts coming from Big reminded him that it would be better if he found them very soon. They searched, but not very hard, through the woods, going here and there until Grubba emerged near a stream that had lots of splashing but was hard to see from the thicket of woods, and he'd hoped that that sound was Dot or Bounce. But it was not. It was just water, and he looked up and down the stream trying to spot anything before, before seeing what he thought looked like a figure that was down the stream and hurried that way, and then stopped and realized that Big wasn't with him anymore. Also, that the woods were very, very silent, aside from the rushing water, but since whatever was ahead of him seemed to have disappeared into the wood, and fearing that he might be lost, he ran down the stream. Falling down the stream had proved to be quite fruitful as the sound of grunts and cheers came from nearby. He hurried over to find Dot and Big in a dark spot in the woods, picking something up from the ground. What are you two doing? Found mushrooms. Groba, fearful that they'd found bad ones, he jumped over towards them, and then finding that they were in a little indent in the ground near a stone and a tree, they seemed to be foraging for these mushrooms, and there were many, many mushrooms there that came into sight, none of which looked like the ones that he'd seen before, and the ones that had caused so much problems. Ah, uh, no, we don't need any mushrooms, guys. Uh, we need to get back home. Hurry, it's already late, and we have plenty of stock of these mushrooms back there. The father and daughter looked to one another, and then begged helped his daughter carefully out of the indent as they headed off in some direction that they hoped was towards town. Grubba carefully watched and then jumped down to grab some of the potentially oddball mushrooms from the indent in the ground. Then, once he'd collected a bunch, followed behind them, 
He wondered if these ones that had looked so much like the ones they had already had were any different from the odd ones. But the only way to tell was through test, and he was not looking forward to that. Because of the hunter, Big, they made it through the woods and back to town in no time at all. Though it was now evening, Grubba found himself headed from away from Big and Dot, who were headed for their little hut, as he decided he was probably needed in the cooking hut. He rushed to it, and ignoring the line of people eager to get their food. He was searching for Vaka, who was busy overseeing the two cooks handing out food. Uh, Vaka, I need you for a test, a food test. Can we leave these two to their work? Um, uh, good, let's go to your hut. Grab, grabbed Vaka by the arm and led him as quickly out of the hut as he could. The dark interior of Vaka's place was not a terribly welcoming one as they entered. Vaka stumbled about a bit until he regained his footing, having been pushed into his home by Grubba, who also seemed to be ducking down much further than he was used to because of the much smaller enclosure. A second later, some light came in as Vaka had a small fire going near the back of the place, near his back hole on the wall. Grubba eyed this carefully as he was sure that a fire would take to the hut itself, but it seemed happy just to burn as the pile of leaves and grass and other little things in the back where dirt had been gathered. Now, what's this experiment? Grubba held out both hands. In one, he held the mushroom that he'd collected from the nearby stream still. The other held the what remained of the mushroom that he'd found on the young woman, Dot, earlier the day. He wondered where Bounce had gone off to and that she could help him make sure that, that he'd gotten the right new mushrooms, but, well, she wasn't around. Bounce found, uh, well, we found this, I believe, Bounce found at least something similar to this mushroom, and it has weird effects. These are, and in this hand, I have found some that look similar to the ones that she found, but different. I need you to try the ones that I found to see what happens. Just as they are. Oh, that's another thing we can play with if you want. I've only had the mushroom that Bounce found as it is. and Didn't try and cook it or anything. Didn't try to put flames to it. Vaka came over and took a bunch of mushrooms from that Grubba had picked up and scarfed them all down. He stared at Grubba, who looked unsurprised. Is something going to happen because of this? Well, nothing hopefully bad. You'll probably need to sit down and wait it out. I, on the other hand, am going to go out and see if Bounce is somewhere around here and see if I can talk to her. Vaka shrugged and then went to sit next to his little fire while Grubba ducked out. Having made his way, heading back towards the woods, Grubba found the rather tired-looking Bounce emerging from them. She had a few leaves and branches stuck in her long hair, and seemed rather angry. He stopped and frowned, unsure if what to say as she came past him, and she didn't say anything to him as she went past. He could only frown and turned and followed her. They went all the way back to her hut, which she stopped at in the front door. She then turned and glared at him, waiting for him to say something, but he couldn't think of anything to say, so she went inside. And then he finally came to him. 
Oh, if you have a chance, uh, bounce. I'm testing out other mushrooms I found on I found, and see if they have the same results. And they look similar to the ones that you found, but not quite. Anyway, Vac is testing them. Sorry about losing you in the woods, though. He waited a few seconds, but she didn't reappear, so he hurried his way back towards Vaca's place. Upon getting back to this hut, Grubba ducked his way in to find the man still sitting by the fire. Vaca even turned to him and looked, looked over when he came in. Anything happened to you? Nope. Should we try the other one that, uh, that, you, that this other person found, that Dot found? Grubba looked over at the other mushroom that he'd still been carrying around in his hand. There was still a little left from what he, Bounce, and Dot had eaten of it, but not enough for more than one experiment. Do you have a stick? Vaca produced a pointy little twig of a stick from near his hay on the ground. Grubba made his way over and plopped the remainder of the mushroom on it. Alright, let's cook it and see what happens. To this, Vaca swiveled the mushroom that was now on a stick so it was close to the fire. He occasionally rotated the stick to make sure that each side got a good amount of heat to it and that the mushroom on it began to look a little wilted and wet. After a while of this, and making sure that it was warm all around, he removed it from the stick and chomped down on it. They waited for a few minutes as he chewed. Anything happening, Vaca? Vaca once again shook his head no, so they sat there some more. Grubbo, feeling very, very tired from his day of running around, yawned and lay down on the ground, getting a bit more comfortable as they waited for something to happen. The sensation of being moved without him moving bothered Grubba. He opened his eyes to find that he was in fact being dragged out of the hut, his disoriented mind trying to put together what was going on. That he was being dragged out of the hut by his arms wasn't the biggest thing on his mind. No, that would be the fire that was all over the hut. He scrambled as best he could to his feet while his arms were still being held. What happened? Fire. I see that. How? I don't know. I came by to see how things were getting on with you two, as you said you were doing tests, and I came to upon this. Grubba tried to look about, but the glare of fire was making it hard to see things. Where is Vaca? Bounce pointed right next to him. At your side. He looked over, then nodded, then double-checked as Vaca had taken on much of the zoned-out look that he had seen in Bounce and Dot. His own adventure, with the same mushroom, was a mere jumble of thoughts that he that couldn't be explained, and other than he ate something and he ate some of this mushroom, and it all sort of went out of his mind, and it all sort of blurred. Other tribal members had woken up and were coming to look at the fire before one got the bright idea to put water on it, and thus began a chain of getting water from, from wherever they could to see what would happen. The effort was mostly wasted as the fire went through Vaca's hut of a home and then died out all on its own. Grubbo was about to walk away when he saw the, the tribal chief head for him. He leaned over towards Bounce. Can you find a sample of those mushrooms that you found before? The ones that did all of this. Shouldn't we be avoiding it? Yes, but I need to prove that so that we can avoid it, and I need to show people that we should avoid it, and, well, I need a sample of it to show people that this is not something to be picked. He then turned and hurried over to Maga, 
before a big scene could happen. Muggus, so good to see you. Perhaps we can talk by the cook hut. Yes, great. Having hurried off towards the cook hut in the dark night, though the night was starting to show statues of light in the sky, Mugga, for his part, whirled about to follow him angrily. The night sky was certainly brightening by the time they got to the cook hut. Grubbo worrying the whole way there about what he was to say about, about all of this. There was no great answer that he could come up with, so he stayed silent as Mugga came in. Grubba, what is going on? There was a small fire in Vaca's hut. It was because of a test of food. We found a different mushroom that does things and, well, tastes a bit funny when you chew it for a long time. That doesn't explain anything about what's happened. Ah, oh, well, um, don't worry about that. It's all under control. Well, now it is. In fact, I, I shall soon have an announcement on a new food that we cannot actually eat. It will all be very clear soon. Maybe. He clapped Mugga on the arm and then walked out of the hut, hoping that this was enough to convince the leader that he was right. Although, he did take to walking very, very quickly away from the scene, as he could, hoping to find Bounce and the mushroom, and maybe explain things away further once he had those. A few days later, Grubba stood in front of the election area at the fire pit. The tribe mostly sat in front of him on the grass, with the exception of Mugga, who stood near him. Then there was Big, who seemed to be looking for a reason to charge at him from a spot outside the ring around the fire. As the tribal leader, we have found a new food item, and it has been explored by some of our cooks. It was brought to my attention as something we need to talk about, and now Grubba here will explain it all to you. Grubba looked around sheepishly, and then took a tentative step forward and held out the small mushroom that Bounce had found. In the evening night, he didn't know if people could see what it was, or if the fire behind him was providing enough light for anyone to see it. It was a small item, after all, and it's hard to see it in the first place. But he put all of that aside and just hoped. This item is dangerous. It isn't a no-eat item, but it is best not to eat it. Our problem is that it looks much like a mushroom and tastes like one a bit as well. If you see any of these on the ground, please don't pick up your foraging. We're still trying to understand what it does, how it does, and whatever else we can about it. But I can say that if you do eat it, well, you will not be a help to the tribe for at least a day, and you may or may not be wind up speaking to gods. So please, if you do find one similar to this one, leave it alone. For those that can't see it in this light, come up and see it after, uh, after all of this is done. With his little speech done, Grubba stepped backwards, and those curious enough about the mushroom surged forward and managed to grab it away from him. He found himself being pushed back, and then grabbed by Mugga, who led him off just to the side. Grubba, I have a new assignment for you, and it is still food-related. No change in jobs just yet. If you will come with me, though, I have a great new thing. Mugga began to walk off into the distance, towards his hut on the hill. 
leaving Grubba standing there and looking back at the crowd, fearing that someone had eaten the mushroom. But seeing as there were so many people who were fighting over it and around, he couldn't tell whether or not that had actually happened. Well, it didn't seem like it would be a good use of energy to try and get back into that crowd and grab the mushroom out of their hands. And so, with a sigh, he looked towards Mugga, who was already climbing his hill towards his hut, and set off after him. End of episode two. Thank you for listening.